and welcome to Beyond the Venue podcast. I'm your host, MG, the venue specialist. Today, I've got two very special guests, my friends, Michelle and Jason. They are the founders and owners of Witty Gritty, a local uh, event planning company here in Philadelphia. Um, So I have known you guys for a very, very long time, and I could do an entire season just on the stories I feel like and experiences that we've had together um, just over the years. But, um, you know, kind of touch on, you know, Michelle, you and I really lived these parallel lives at Drexel University, but never met. We could have been at the same parties, who knows? But I think, you know, once we finally became friends after college through mutual friends that I think, did you get a lot? Like, do you know Mary Grace Hodge? And because I was constantly being asked, you know, Michelle Friedman. I'm like, I, I need to <laughs> because people keep asking me this, but I, um, and now you know everyone. So uh, you guys, so what, kind of like my first foray with you and my venue sourcing specialties long before when I was still in the beer industry, you guys were engaged and you were planning your wedding, but also most importantly, you had decided to do a joint bachelor bachelorette party. And your original intentions were to have it in New Orleans over Memorial Day weekend. Is that right? Yep. That was like your original plan. Mm-hmm. And you had a massive guest list just for <laughs> the bachelor bachelorette party and realized that getting 60 people to New Orleans over Memorial Day weekend might not be as feasible. And so we met up I'm, for brunch. I was going to say, I'm, I'm uh, almost positive a friend said, if you bring that many people to New Orleans, um, there's not any guarantee that they'll all come back alive. <laughs> so you show up at a, a we had a, a, one of our mutual friends um, who's living out in California came to visit. And so we all met up for brunch. And so you came to brunch saying, you know, does anyone have any suggestions of where we could do it? Something, you know, a place that's kind of like local to Philadelphia. And I spoke up and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to put this out there. I, I, okay, Baltimore. <laughs> and everyone's, uh, what? I'm like, okay, I know this sounds nuts, but Philly Beer Week was always like a super stressful time for me working in the beer industry. And so, you know, my birthday being in March, that that year that 2015, when my husband and I were getting married, in that August, he's like, we can go anywhere you want for Memorial Day weekend, right before you have to do Philly Beer Week, where do you want to go? And I'm like, I just want a pool. I want a hotel and a pool. And that's all I want. I just want to lay up by a pool let's go to Baltimore. (laughs) We just had such a great time. It also happened to be the same weekend as Maryland Death Fest, the metal uh, uh, (laughs) conference show concert all weekend long. It just, it was one of the most best memorable weekends until we would go to Baltimore for your bachelor bachelorette party. It was one of the most fun weekends I've ever had. Like how, how, like how did you approach that? Because I never would have thought to handle things the way that you did were a lot of the reservations were being treated like a rehearsal dinner. And you had these, like, whether it was family style and you have so many like vegans, vegetarians, allergies, like how did you even attack that? Like, how did you plan your bachelor bachelorette party in the beautiful city of Baltimore? Sure. Well, um, I'm like a, a masochist, I guess. And when <laughs> I'm not planning, 
events for work, I just have this like need to constantly be planning and bringing people together. So it's definitely an itch that I'm constantly trying to scratch. And I, and I think that, uh, Jason and I, well, Jason, and I had been together for 12 years, Jason, up to that point mm-hmm. and yes. accumulated many friends and I had always thought, or I at least always thought that we wanted to have um, a big party and then also to find some additional moments where we could really gather people and hang out and spend quality time. So, so yeah, I mean, the way we approached it was ironically, the hotel we picked did not have a pool <laughs> after all of that, <laughs> but it was near water. Uh, it was at Fells Point. And um, looking back, it was, I think what made it work too, is that Fells Point is such a cute, like accessible, walkable neighborhood. So it felt like we took over like the little, this little town. Um, kind of did. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I get like, I sort of approached it like, like, I don't even know, like a, um, like a group trip, what's coming to mind are like those singles adventure trips, even though yes. <laughs> there were lots of couples on this trip. Um and uh, yeah, we got a hotel block at at the Fells Inn, right? Or the Admiral? What was that? Admiral oh, the Admiral Fell Inn. Was that what? Yeah, it was the called? Admiral sure Fell Inn. Um, <laughs> Which we had, I'm pretty sure is haunted. Yeah, I think it's haunted. Yeah, yeah, pretty positive. <laughs> it's haunted in there, and I'm pretty sure the bartender in the basement is actually just a ghost, and he makes <laughs> really, really good old fashions. Um, so yeah, so we did a hotel block and got discounted right there and then let everybody make their own accommodations, but offered that as an option and encouraged people to book a room. Um, did Memorial Day weekend, like you said. And then, yeah, I think the approach was really like, let's find some anchor moments throughout the weekend where we can all spend time together and make it easy. And that's that's also ultimately what I aim for is let me do as much of the planning as I can so that all the bases are covered so that we can just enjoy ourselves, right? Um, when we're doing that for a client event, I try to have the same approach, but I assume that we're going to have to put out a bunch of fires. So it's like, how can everything else be put in place so we can just focus on the things that that need to be fixed or adjusted? But um, but yeah, I just did, we did some research and um, found some restaurants with banquet rooms mm-hmm. and we happened to work with a couple of restaurants in that area that were just super like just had really good um uh contact people who really cared and I was able to customize everybody's um you know dietary restrictions except for the all you can eat crab place which was looking back I think there's more it's more of a fun idea but once like cracking crabs open so gross to me it's it it was a scene but all the beer helped so all the beer helped right so so I think the crab place maybe had not had all the options and I know some people were getting side tacos down the street um some vegetarians and vegans but um, I think what worked out um you know to really round out the meal uh being able to go to that bar that was down the street that was doing karaoke and we I think we ate them out of jello shots uh to the best of my knowledge i think and soaked and alcohol soaked gummy bears i remember oh yes yeah. the gummy bears so i i do recall not feeling my finest uh waking up to drive back to philadelphia the next morning it was it was a little rough i, I am I I I I I I I I I I I i said i don't think 
MG was the only person that felt. I was going to say, I um, I think the I 60 person guest count was hurting a touch uh, <laughs> the next day. There was um another story that um I get reminded of that that at some point I guess that Saturday night I was trying to like pull away from the pack because I was so drunk. And I had a few people with me and I was sitting at a bar with a couple people dozing off. And then I was found like, like CJ, Jen DeVore, like some people were walking by. They're like, there she is. And then all of a sudden there's a crowd of people and they're like, we got to do shots. And I was <laughs> so drunk. And I, I go to the bartender. I'm like, can you just get us around with some bullshit shots? <laughs> and he knew exactly what I was talking about. And what I was referring to is just like, like you know, like a shaken vodka lemon drop or like something like, like a, that's what in my head was like a bullshit shot. Like, you know, and then he gave everybody else like lemon drops, but then gave me straight like bourbon. Oh, I was going to say, did he give me water or like, no. <laughs> he just that... up gave me a shot of whiskey. <laughs> uh, mixed emotions. I, our, uh, when we lived in Pennsport, like our local neighborhood bar over there, the bartenders have just been so amazing when they know that it's like, okay, if you're going to order a shot, but you don't need one, he's definitely been known to put either like Coke or water in a shot glass. And like, I've heard stories of people like even wincing when they take that shot just because of like the natural <laughs> body reactions. But, um, well, and then your wedding was amazing. Like you guys had like a 400 person food truck, huge, like field party and, it was, it was just a great way to spend a Saturday. And then you would ultimately like plan what friends fest. Is that, is that what the next summer it was called? Yeah. I, I definitely still have my koozie from friends Oh my fest. gosh. It was yeah. just kind of like a repeat, but open to everybody. And you were selling tickets and having local bands. And, um, are you guys going to bring that back? Are we, are we able to do friends fest again in the future? So it's funny that you mentioned that because we were away the other weekend talking about this. And I think we're going to, um, in the spirit of the Baltimore trip and Friends Fest and the idea of like just finding more opportunities to gather friends and friends of friends that will um, start doing that for side like trips and events. Um, so I signed up for, um, what is it, for the, the MS ride to Ocean City. Um, so that's going to be a friend, Maryland or New Jersey, New Jersey. Yeah. Okay. 75 miler in September. So that's, that's going to be a friends fest function. And then we'll, I, I would like to do the Yuki club friends fest that you're talking about. Probably not this summer, but starting next summer again. Oh, awesome. then we've also gotten some requests to do a, um, what will next year be Jason? The five-year reunion of the Baltimore trip. Uh, yeah, because yeah, it was 2017. Yeah. 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 So we have we've gotten some requests to redo that trip. So we might plan on that as well. I so will have to, to update come. my dietary restrictions for that. Um <laughs> <laughs> there is a lot that has changed. I could probably not eat or drink anything I did uh that weekend. So well well well, we'll get back to that. So I, I want to talk more about Woody Gritty. I mean, it's your, you started this company. It's, it's your baby. Um, 
Uh, I love how you're you're like right on the homepage of your website. Witty Gritty is a spark that activates communities through meaningful and intentional engagement and experiences. So, you know, where did the spark come from? I, you know, kind of how did you guys get started with Witty Gritty in the first place? You know, the meaning behind the name. I know we had talked about this uh I guess a couple of years ago that, you know, you were the first witty gritty and then <laughs> our beloved orange uh, mascot would come along <laughs> later. Um, but, you know, how, how did you guys get started? I mean, I think I'll let Michelle start because it kind of starts with Michelle's kind of, you know, uh, <laughs> 4A into consulting work. So I'll let Michelle kick it off because it existed with Michelle and in her mind before it exists as it does now. Yeah, I mean, the, the quick and dirty timeline here is, you know, in high school, I was a promoter. So I was like in parking lots, giving out flyers for random things like cell phone sales or something for free concert tickets. So I did that uh, for a handful of years in high school. And then uh, right when I was going to Drexel, um, I got hooked up with um, the who would have who became the uh, founding executive director of Campus Philly, um, which is a nonprofit that still exists in Philly, connecting students with Philadelphia and different opportunities throughout the region. Um, do you like that plug? I'm like trying to give them their <laughs> proper respect. Um, and uh, I, I basically was with Campus Philly from the very, very, very beginning um, and had the opportunity to really navigate and build a nonprofit from the start. So I was able to get really familiar and hands on with different aspects of um, of nonprofit organ organizations and um, really primarily in event planning and marketing and communications and really a little bit of everything, partnership development. So that was really where that I I'm mentioning it because that's where my foundation was really laid is the work that I did at Campus Philly. Um, it sounds so uh, much better than all of my co-ops. <laughs> <laughs> which I should mention it like I was able to work at Campus Philly and put so many hours in because of the co-op structure at Drexel the only difference is my five-year uh stint turned into like a seven or eight-year stint at Drexel which was you know that's a whole other episode about mistakes I made in my life and you know how that those equate to debt but um <laughs> the value I got out of it is priceless um but yeah, so I so I, anyway, I was at, I was at Campus Philly for oh god like seven ish years. But in two thousand eight, I decided to leave, and I, I I didn't really have much direction. I tried to take on another full time job the way I thought I was supposed to, and I love the people there. I hate at the job, and I was like, I can't do this. Like, what am I doing? So I, and I was young. I was like twenty four, twenty five. So I was like, I'll just. I don't even know. I'll just volunteer with my friends over here. They're they're planning some really cool um, arts and music fest in Love Park, which was called uh, Canvas Clash. Um, and I just was like, I'm just going to volunteer with them and do this because this is where like my heart's at. and This is what I want to do. And then I'll just kind of see what else is out there. So luckily, Campus Philly tapped me and brought me on again as a, as a consultant and as an like, independent contractor to plan what would I what was uh, and is still their annual college fest event, which was the event I had been working on throughout the whole duration of my time at Campus Philly. At college so kind Day of on the Parkway? Out. Do they still call yeah. it that? Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, College Day on the Parkway. So what what uh, 
where I saw the roots for the first time because I'm not from Philadelphia. (laughs) (laughs) Which was funny. It was the roots and the mighty, mighty Boston. Yes. Yes. That was the concert. I was there. So funny. And Jason, who's the lead singer of the Mighty Mighty Boston's? Uh, Dickie Barrett, I believe his name is. Yeah, so somebody (laughs) threw a Rutgers Frisbee, because Rutgers, all the colleges had, like, booths on the parkway giving out free swag to, like, get connected with students and prospective students, and somebody took a Rutgers Frisbee and threw it at the lead singer of the Mighty Mighty Boston's head, and he picked up the Frisbee and he said, fuck Rutgers. And I remember the <laughs> Did everyone director. erupt because we're like all like silly kids? <laughs> and like, I remember talking to the um, student activities uh, coordinator after that. He was this awesome guy. He booked tons of shows at Rutgers campus. And he was like, dude, that was awesome. Like any publicity is good publicity. <laughs> um, and after that, we had to put a ban on any projectile giveaways. <laughs> <laughs> Event this is planning, why we can't have nice planning things. lesson, right? <laughs> there was also other stories like Busta Rhymes where like you cannot smoke pot on the stage and like Busta Rhymes like had a big fat blunt like up on stage <laughs> and we were like, oh no, oh no, <laughs> put the blunt out. <laughs> I, yeah, I feel like that is not something he would agree to. Like I, somebody, somebody else signed his contract. Cause he's like, I'm not, I'm not, not doing this. We're like talking to the police over here. The concert's happening. College students are going crazy. We're like, oh my God, what's happening. But uh, yeah, some funny stories of doing a, uh, that event on the parkway. Um, all to, all to say, yeah. So, so really just the, the short of it or to wrap up where, how things got started, I was, sort of making it up as I went along, but, but but because of the network I built at Campus Philly, I was able to um, very informally, but kind of put a line out there that I was available to pick up projects and, and that sort of worked. Um, so um, I, I was able to continue to work with Campus Philly. We still work with Campus Philly. We love, uh, we love them and their staff. Um, and, uh, and then we picked up this contract with the city reps office working on the Philadelphia marathon, which was really big for us. So I started out doing that, um, uh, really focused on community outreach and engagement and helping to set up the cheer zone areas along the course. And, and we ended up doing that for almost a decade. So that was one of the anchor sort of projects, I think that brought what was uh, early beginnings of Witty Gritty, where I was working pretty much solo, then became became Witty Gritty because I was picking up different contracts and work to the point where I couldn't take on any more work by myself. And I'll pass it to you. Yeah, Yeah, so I'll pass it to Jason because it was very haphazard how it happened. There was no real intention to like build a company or a team. I was just kind of like, help <laughs> really just like I don't even know like I was literally just making up shit as I went along I was like looking up templates on Microsoft Word for invoices and proposals when people are asking me to get those things together so um but yeah and then yeah the, like Jason you can tell your part of this uh you know wh- where you were at in your life and and how you entered into yeah. And I'll just climb in that Philadelphia Marathon project. A cheer zone is like a, spec, a designated spectator area. So Michelle was tasked with setting up, coordinating the logistics for, I don't know, 20 to 25 uh, strategic locations along a 26.2 mile course to have like, uh, you know, music, uh, live music or other sorts of entertainment 
and then coordinating how to get it there at four o'clock in the morning before the race starts and all the other stuff that came along with that. So, I mean, kudos to Michelle for taking on that type of challenge as like one of her first. Yeah, because we <laughs> we've had, uh, like our friends, Neil and Vicky, they set up every year for the Broad Street run. Um, but that is one sheer location along Broad Street. <laughs> I guess it's, everybody can easily get themselves to Broad Street to cheer on the runners. That's why it's so easy. <laughs> I could not imagine coordinating 20 to 25 spots uh for for people to cheer in that that sounds like a lot of work yeah i mean and this is a good segue into my involvement with witty gritty i mean uh michelle and i (laughs) at that point when she was you know uh launching this endeavor you know we were were living together and in a relationship but i i was a I had a job working for Red Bull in sales and I ended up getting laid off from that job. And before that I was, you know, I'm a graphic designer by trade. That's what I went to school for and where a lot of my, you know, interest lies. But when I lost my job with Red Bull, I like came home and it kind of wasn't an unexpected thing. It was kind of like, this is going to happen in the next six months. And then it happened. And I said, well, it happened today, Michelle, I I'm laid off starting on this date. She goes, Okay, I have some work you can do. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> no interview process necessary. This is your list. Get to work. She goes, this works out. I, I need a graphic designer and someone that can drive a box truck. I <laughs> do both of those things. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like how we met. Like, Jason and I met. He got my phone number. He called me the next day. and He's like, do you want to hang out? And I was like, do you want to come over to my house and get drunk? <laughs> and then he was like okay and then he showed up with a six-pack of pbr so it's kind of like the way that it works for us when these things happen in our life together <laughs> it's very important to be synergistic in work and relationships <laughs> i will say though because people ask this often when they do realize that jason and i are married um is how that has been and like it and like if, if i could go back like we were like i said like younger maybe a little naive and like we did not have like the conversations you should have when you're about to start working with your significant other. You know, we were just like, cool, let's do this. And, and looking back, it's like, oh, right. We should have maybe like, you know, just because it, it, it it's not, it, it's become easy because we have been able to be synergistic and like figure out how to navigate it, but definitely had some bumps with, and still do quite frankly, because it is hard. Like the, like we try to keep, personal and professional separate kind of, but like, you know, this is our life. This is what we do. Um, But I would say over the years, we've definitely been able to like, you know, the freedom of, and you know, this MG, like the freedom of being able to build your own thing and work with your own space and schedule and, and to like create um, the trade-off is, is so worth it, you know? Um, So I mean, and again, like it gets bumpy, but I, I don't know, like Jason and I are like, oh, right. Like once we started getting into the idea and like realizing like, oh, we can build this, grow this, create together and also like take our laptops and go travel and like still do work and like have that as freedom and space Um uh, you know, I think like, I mean, it's been so we've been working together and we've been together for so long. It's almost like funny to think about it, but. That's definitely what what year did did Witty Gritty come to be? I would say 2008 is when I started working like independently <laughs> under the the classic like name 
And then what you do, Michelle A. Freeman, marketing and events. And then it was like MAF, my initials, marketing and events. <laughs> Um, Jason and so Jason, you know, to pick up what Jason, where Jason left off with this, Jason was, um, yeah, Jason came home. I was like, I have this work. Do you want to do it? Start <laughs> dusting was, up graphic design stuff. I need you to do that too. <laughs> that was, that was 2009. I believe okay. yeah. I, late 2009. And I think, you know, witty gritty, we, we, we say 2010 is when it started. I think that's okay. when we got the LLC. I think it was something Michelle had always wanted to do was like take her name off the brand, you know? And give so it its own name. Yeah. yeah, I understand that. So it could be more of an umbrella and have a team and not just like, um, you know, Michelle Freeman. And you guys <laughs> have There's built a lot of pressure such, that comes along with that. <laughs> you guys have built such an amazing team. I, I, I consider myself unbelievably lucky to have gotten to spend time with them. Uh, you know, we, we've been friends for forever. And when I started this business as MG, the venue specialist in early 2019, I remember showing up to TEDx Philadelphia at Temple University. And of course, Witty Gritty was handling all of the logistics and, and everything. So it was great to see you guys and see you guys working and in your element. And you would introduce me to several of your staff members that were working there that day. Uh, one of which is Heather McBride, who was, was she working full-time for you at the, at the time in 2019, I think, but, but you would introduce me to her as a photographer. And so I'm like, Oh, I just started this venue sourcing business. I would love to get to know more photographers and, you know, her and I's relationship is amazing because we would get to know each other throughout 2019. And then with the pandemic, um, you know, bouncing ideas off of each other and now partnering with her for the elopement and micro weddings, as well as our do the damn thing elopement pop up. Um, so thank you for bringing her into my life. And then also Jason's like, Hey, um, where Jason is working out of today, we've got this office space. Um, we've got kind of plenty of desk terminals. If you ever want to just bring your laptop and come work out of our office, like we'd love to have you. So I said, yes, I could definitely use <laughs> a day uh, out of out of my home office, as well as um, a little break from the dog. <laughs> Sometimes we need a little space. And so about like once, once a week, I would come and work out of the witty gritty office. And I just loved it because your team would offer just invaluable feedback. You know, I was struggling with my social media or just different things that it was great to have this team that you assembled that I could ask, ask advice of. But at the same time, like I felt I could contribute when they had questions, um, you know, coming in from, from the outside world as well. And, you know, the, Another important connection was uh, one of your staff members introduced me to her cousin, Daniela, who is now the producer for Beyond the Venue podcast. So, um, you know, thank you guys for introducing me to so many wonderful people and giving me a place to, to work that summer of 2019, even when it was crazy hot <laughs> walking <laughs> from the subway station. To, it's, you know, oh, man. Um but I realized that in that September, you guys were ramping up event season once again, as summer was coming to a close. And I 
realized I needed to kind of uh, cut back on my time at the office um, and let you guys do your own thing and really focus on all of your events at hand. Um, but thank you again for letting me be a part of things. You guys do this super cool thing that that if I were there, if I was there, Jason's like, you got to join us at the table, but it's like, uh, <laughs> like the plus, the minus, and or what, uh, yeah. what do you call it? The we, we like to do an internal check-in with our our team and it's just like it's kind of like a share out and we do there's three point and there's no like rules like you have to say anything you don't want to but you know we share like a highlight of the last week uh, a lesson learned of the last week and then we just share what our priorities are and those and any of those three categories can be personal or professional or both whatever people want to share but we found that it kind of like you know is a good way to uh you know, like an icebreaker or just kind of getting to know one another a little bit better or also like being able to be empathetic if anyone's got, you know, some serious shit going on um, that they feel comfortable sharing. So because it's 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 definitely been an intense couple of years for sure. Yep. Yeah. And I'd say too, we, we, like, I think over the years, I realized like the lesson learned kind of prompt is really part of our culture. It's like really a great access, like an open, like comfortable way to be like, Oh, I messed up or I made a mistake or like, Oh, geez, why did I do that? Like handle my head moment and just talk about it and be like, Oh man, I won't do that again. But then, you know, uh, it helps when we're all sharing that together because then it get, makes us better and it helps us like learn from things that we could have done or improved upon. Um, and again, it's just like, it's nice too that people can take that, like Jason said, in a very open way and share personally or professionally. And and it's it's come in handy. So, I mean, it, we like it because even in the office and all the busyness of it, like just making ourselves stop and like sit together and like just take ourselves away from the whatever thing that we're bogged down with. And then it's also been really instrumental during this last year working remotely to still make sure, especially because we were lacking like in-person, you know, face-to-face time to be able to, again, do the same thing, like just take a pause and like have some human time together and just like check in with each other. And one of, one of the... Um... One of the last things that you guys did before the lockdown is you work with Amplify Philly, or is it a partnership with Amplify Philly? And so, can, yeah, yeah what what is Amplify Philly? Because what what I'll be talking about is you guys were gearing up to go to South by Southwest and Austin uh, in March of 2020, and you guys have done this several years. And I just was so excited hearing about this. You hosted this huge party at Rec Philly um like a newer space that's uh in the it's in the gallery I'm not going to call it the fashion district it's in the gallery (laughs) and uh this huge amazing party and just everything got shut down so what what is Amplify Philly and kind of what 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 were what were you tasked with ultimately like did you end up taking a lot of that virtual or you know what what did March 2020 look like for you well I'll start Amplify Philly is a, it was an initiative and now it is a nonprofit that works to spotlight Philadelphia and all the great things happening here, whether that be music, tech, uh, innovation, um, things along those lines. And it kind of started as an initiative uh, to spotlight this at, in Austin, Texas at South by Southwest. 
Um, it's such a perfect name. Like you just are out there to amplify Philly. I, I love it. It's, it works. So yeah. in some capacity that had been going on since 2017, I believe, Michelle. Yeah. And it was started by Rec Philly. Um, okay. Uh, that initiative was yeah started and established by Rec Philly. And then as it grew and as we were, you know, realizing, you know, we were helping work with a client that was doing work down there. So that's how we got connected with Amplify Philly initially. And, uh, and then because the capacity and the sort of like plans down there had grown, um, we got brought on to assist and support on the event production and the logistics of our setup down there. And then eventually with the initiative growing, we ended up partnering with Rec Philly and, um, uh, Rec Philly, I usually say that Amplify Philly as a nonprofit organization is powered by by Witty Gritty and Rec Philly okay. um, because it's it is a baby nonprofit organization. It doesn't really quite know how to walk yet. Um, <laughs> so we are we are like guiding it, shaping it, trying to grow it. Um, and then I guess to your question about March 2020, um, <laughs> very well, sad. Really, uh, Amplify Philly started as a booth in the Austin Convention Center. And then by 2018, it had grown into renting out a two-story bar and restaurant to make the the Amplify Philly like the Philadelphia house. So anyone from Philadelphia or interested in Philadelphia, come to this venue, see music, see panels, have a good time, get some giveaways, just like have that South by Southwest experience, um, you know, through the view of like a Philadelphia lens. And I, I got so pumped for you guys hearing about the lineup of everyone who's like scheduled to come through the house and the performances. And I'm like, man, I really want to go to this. And then no one got to go. Yeah. So basically going into March of 2020, we had two great years of, you know, having this Philadelphia venue in Austin. And then <laughs> uh, Michelle, you probably talk about this better than I can the February and March of 2020 situation <laughs> it was bizarre I mean we look back it's it feels like the way that other people look back like did we really think this was going to be two weeks of like shutdown and all of that and I mean it was the week before South by Southwest was supposed to happen the city of Austin was in lockstep with South by Southwest organizers so we were like they keep saying it's going to happen okay we were in lockstep with the city of Philadelphia here because they are big partners and we're like, okay, like we'll, we're in lockstep. So whatever, let's, we're going, we're going, we're going. And it was literally Friday at like 4 PM before the Monday of the festival officially starting where they called it. So our office became like crisis communication central, like literally like my sister, Alex, who works with us was like, I took a crisis communications class at Temple. <laughs> I got this. I got You're this, like, guys. cool, you're on it. Make some templates <laughs> of what we need to you're do. You're our chief crisis <laughs> We're on speakerphone with Rec Philly, with uh, Dave Silver and his team, just like trying to bang out like what we need to do. And, you know, we, we did it. We like, we're sad about it. And Jason and I went to Target after that and like bought toilet paper because my relatives in Japan and my friend and our friends on the West Coast were like, we don't understand it, but whatever just buy toilet paper. Like something's coming. Just buy, I'll buy some toilet paper. <laughs> and you guys had just got, did you go to Japan in early 2020 or was it the year prior? Uh, November, 2019. Oh, okay. It was, yeah, yeah I had, um, uh, 
because you have fam- your family over there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. My 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 um, mom's side of the family is all there, and we hadn't seen them or gone to Japan for well, it was Jason's first time, but I hadn't been back for like fifteen years. So I'm like, it is. I'm very grateful that we got in before. I mean, who knows when we're going to be able to go back? So. Imagine, imagine if we had that planned trip, that trip planned for a couple months later. I'd be well, dead. What's crazy? <laughs> so I'm glad you guys were able to go in November because I had two sets of friends, uh, two two different couples who travel, who both traveled to Japan separately, but in January. And so um, it's it's just kind of insane. And then, you know, even here in Philadelphia, like we went out for my birthday on the 14th of March. And that was the last thing I did in with Philadelphia, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. All right. Um, not pretty sure. I'm positive. <laughs> <laughs> that's before, what happened. Yeah. The immediate before time. You know, I was just going to say that's one of my few regrets of 2020 was not attending your your birthday celebration on march 14th because you did not know that that was going to be your last chance to see humans for a while but you know you guys got creative you we've talked a lot about music uh today and you are both musicians and incredibly talented and you know, Michelle, you are above and beyond one of the most talented karaoke performers. Let's just say performers <laughs> of all time. Um, you've even had karaoke birthday parties over the years that uh, I'll never forget. Was it, it was a, a costumed karaoke party at the Ruba Club years ago and I remember showing up but I didn't have a costume because I think it, it wasn't on Halloween weekend I can't, I can't remember what the parameters were and uh somebody had made maybe it was like Megan and Alex had made a cardboard box and outfitted it into a Lego and so I believe <laughs> that it was Dan Mack and I got up on stage and did a little Kelly Clarkson since you've been gone um for everyone while I was a singing Lego and I'll never forget meeting um Brendan in person, like, I guess I had met him that night. And then it turns out that like, we would work together in the beer world, I think like maybe six months later. And so in front of all my brand new colleagues, he's, oh yeah, I met you before you were a Lego and having to explain (laughs) why I was a Lego the last time we met. But I remember you had so many costume changes, but your share outfit and performance is just one of my top time, top 10 all-time favorite karaoke moments. It was just phenomenal. So your love of performing and karaoke, you guys ended up taking karaoke virtual that I remember tuning in, um, I think a time or two, like how <laughs> was it just like, we, we have to do something like, uh, we're, we're on zoom all the time, but I, uh, okay. Zoom karaoke. Let's do it. Like how, whose idea was it and how, how did you decide to do it? And, and when did you decide to stop doing it? When I don't even know how it started. I think, I think I was just itchy and antsy to do something. And I just make Jason do these things that I need to do to fill my time. Cause I get antsy all the time. What came first, Jason, the Instagram covers thing or, or karaoke or both? I think karaoke started, uh, you know, in March of 2020 when, everyone was coming to terms with like, okay, we're going to be like quarantined for a month or however you want, you know? And I, I think that's how it, it just came from Michelle wanting to get her friends together and do something. Um, and, you know, being that we're big fans of karaoke, 
that that's kind of how it came. Well, I love that I would I would meet other people in other like networking circles, like attending these other like webinars, networking events um, throughout March and April. And when someone would say like, oh yeah, I did virtual karaoke. I'm like, there can only be one. <laughs> there's, there's, I was like, oh, was this Jason Michelle's? Vir-? Yes. Yes, it was. Oh, they're great. Da, da, da. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think- we did it. Oh wait, go ahead, Jason. No, go ahead, Michelle. It's fine. <laughs> well, I was gonna say, we did it. We tested it out. We invited a bunch of people that we thought would be interested, and then it was getting to be like very stressful for me because it was too like it was fun for a couple times, and then it was stressful. And I was like, let me just like take what we learned, and I put together a Google Slides deck so that it was open source on how to host your own virtual karaoke. And I felt like that was like what that task was for to like, get it out of my system, get my friends together and people who needed that fix, figure out how to do it DIY. And then I made it open source so that I could relieve myself of the duty. (laughs) It's a huge undertaking. And it's, you know, if it's not bringing you joy anymore, let's, let's just say goodbye. And then, and then quickly, I'll say that I pivoted to, um, I would say, um, volunteering Jason to do this Instagram, I forget what we called it, uh, this Instagram covers project where Jason and I would, um, what was it? So we would take requests from people on Instagram, like song requests, and then I'd write them down on pieces of paper and put them in a basket. And we would randomly pick what song we were going to learn that week, just acoustic. Typically, Jason, well, pretty much every time, except for one song, Jason playing guitar and me singing and trying to like come up with a costume that I could find in my apartment. (laughs) And then we would perform it in the evening and then pick a new song on Instagram live uh, for the following week. Um, And then we stopped that when it got to be too stressful. The random nature of it and some of the songs were like, we don't even know this song or we don't know how to like translate it into a, that was part of the challenge, but you know, we had a good run, I think. Yeah, it and was a lot of fun. <laughs> you guys are all about the the live karaoke that I know you've been doing that for years at Fergie's and you got the band to play the witty gritty holiday party at Silk City, which thank you again for the invitation. I had a wonderful time, but I know the band was blown away with the talent of like kind of like the random mishmash of like witty gritty staff, spouses, friends, um, like everyone kind of connected to the witty gritty world is somehow musically inclined or at least... <laughs> not afraid to grab a microphone and belt their heart out. So it was, that, that, that is probably the last time I did karaoke in, in the real life. That was one of my favorite holiday parties that Witty Gritty ever had. And I feel like, you know. Because I was it, there, I know. Well, that yeah, was a totally part of it, definitely. I think, <laughs> <laughs> you know, karaoke like kind of scratches an itch and like, is kind of like a good metaphor for, I don't know, uh, kind of how Michelle and myself like view the world, you know, like, first of all, like if, you know, we love music and we want to share it with other people, like Michelle loves to plan events and more than loving to plan events, Michelle loves to bring people together. 
And then doing that in the context of karaoke. And I say this because I was reminded when you said the Silk City thing, like there was people that I've known and been friends with, but I've never sang karaoke with. And I was blown away by some of like, like you said, the talent that got on that stage. And it's like, you know, wow. Like, <laughs> I didn't know that person was such a performer. Like, I just knew them from like being in a business meeting with them or whatever, you know. But it's it's also like, like if we have the opportunity to like give someone a stage, you know, or like to let them sing in front of people, because there's people who say, I've never done anything like that before. And like, if we can give someone an opportunity to like, discover something inside themselves that makes them feel good like i mean that's one of the big reasons we do anything we do in my opinion i don't know if you agree with that michelle no that's absolutely beautiful <laughs> i love that 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 makes so much sense so you guys are just giving giving people a stage to to do their best work and be amazing and um i know that like civic engagement and doing everything you can to amplify philly and um, you know, amplify communities uh, and just bringing these people together. That's, you guys are doing great work. Thanks. Well, so um, the, the last question that I'm going to ask you today, we've brought up several amazing venues. Um, what is your favorite venue? Doesn't have to be in Philadelphia. It can be anywhere. Um, it can be in Pittsburgh. It can be in Baltimore. <laughs> it can be in New Orleans. But where, where, where's your favorite venue and why? Um, do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? Michelle, I can, I, gonna, I can go first. The, should we say the venue on the count of three to see if it's the same one? That's kidding. Um, <laughs> one, okay, say it on, on right. right after three. One, two, three. Boot and saddle. You didn't I say was, it. Well, I was going to say that. I think. <laughs> <laughs> so y'all have both picked boot I will, and saddle. I will say, I mean, boot and saddle, which went, which is closed right now. Yeah, can you, can you closed. explain to our listeners um, about right, boot and sorry. saddle and kind of like it's, it's, brief history but i i believe that it's it, it, it's closed i think it closed in the last year because of the pandemic but boot and saddle is a bar that opened a few years ago in south philly um that has like a 150 to 200 capacity like music venue in the back room um and it, we happen to live about two blocks away from it and it also has an 11 p.m curfew because of its location so it's great if you're, you know, like an old person like myself that loves life, <laughs> but doesn't like staying out till two in the morning all the time. You always know, like, you know, there's three bands and it's between eight o'clock and 11 o'clock. So you can like <laughs> know when to show up or, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's probably my favorite venue just be for a number of reasons. But I mean, there's no shortage of venues I love in Philadelphia. I mean, the sound is great. The intimacy is great. We both got a chance to play there, which was really awesome. It used to be Philadelphia historical fun, fun fact. It used to be an actual like Western country line dancing bar that was called Saddle. Oh, and okay. it is the original sign when you drive down Broad Street, right between Washington and Ellsworth, that is the original like neon boot sign, which is awesome. But it's really sad. Like it, I, I think it will be a permanent casualty of COVID. And I remember hearing when they were closing and I just started crying because I'm like, like the thing that Jason and I love the most and had like our, like our outlet is like music, like going to see live music, playing music. And I'm like, I was, it was just very like, 
heartbreaking to hear about the struggle. Well, you know, MG, the struggle of venues and all these like spaces. Um, so anyway, but yeah, Boone Saddle is awesome. And I don't know, maybe by, maybe in the future it could reopen. <laughs> it's, I feel like it has, there's, I don't see that place being closed for long. Like I see somebody else with deep pocketbooks coming in and, and reopening it, but hopefully um, I, I, I feel like it has to come back. I refuse to believe that it, it won't. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me today. This was awesome. And I know you got Michelle tuning in from the uh, apartment today and Jason tuning in from the <laughs> office. So I was surprised when Jason signed on. I was like, oh, he is not at home. So how, how often do you guys work out of the witty gritty office? Or do you just kind of go up there sporadically just to get a change of scenery or? I like to come here. I come here about, you know, five days a week, sometimes a little less. I like it. It helps me to focus on work. You know, working at home is great. And I'm very fortunate that I have the option to do that in the line of work I'm in. But, you know, also being at home is like, like the fun place where I like hang out with the cats and play video <laughs> games. So it's like, I, sometimes I like to keep the work separate from that. And I'm just on Zoom all day. So I just typically, I just like, became a creature of habit working from home, but I'll, I try to get to the office a couple of days a week, but I will say, you know, in post COVID world, I think we're just going to make the office more like, like less workstations and more like a, a loungy clubhouse that everybody can go to when they want to, or if we have to, or want to do a planning meeting or prep for an event. So MG, don't think your time at the witty gritty Fun house. It's not over. It's not over. Have to come back when it's all lounged out. (laughs) Yeah, and I'll 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 continue to read the room for when uh, (laughs) things are a little bit more witty, gritty centric, (laughs) and when I just need to put on my headphones and be quiet and and, uh, keep. I mean, you could even. I mean, the invitation is open. Like, (laughs) well, as as soon as that. (laughs) <laughs> as soon as as soon as that second vaccine gets in my arm, two weeks after that, count me back in. Um, well, this is super exciting. It was so great to hang out with you guys today. Um, will you please let our listeners know how they can follow you and keep up to date with events? Sure. Uh, we Witty Gritty is on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and um, MG's showing me the beautiful mug from our glassware collection or drinkware <laughs> collection. Um, and uh, yeah. And then Jason and I are both personally on those same social media channels. Um, and we have a witty gritty monthly newsletter. And then for people who are, you know, looking for gig work for event staffing or project-based work, we have an open uh, listserv for that on our website as well. And then when we do have the need to bring on additional 1099 workers to help us with certain things, certain events and projects. Uh, we'll send out opportunities through that too. Awesome. All right, great. Well, listeners, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, please follow Beyond the Venue podcast on Instagram, and you can check us out on any and all of your favorite podcast streaming platforms. Have a great day.